You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Yeah. I was going to say we finally have everyone back, but then Sarah got tied up at work, and uh, we're never going to get the whole group back together again, guys. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Some week, everyone will be not sick and here and not busy. And the Khadija's back from Cuba. See, Khadija's back this week and Jocelyn's back. So yeah, there we go. Um, so I feel like, yeah, so we have a small group ride this week. Maybe we'll keep maybe maybe it'll be like a mini group ride, mini ride, short ride. And uh, and we're gonna catch up on Cuba because we have to hear all about what Cuba and uh Jocelyn's FTP, of course, and uh and then Sid is sending us a voicemail from New Zealand. Um I feel like I should tell everyone next week we're doing a mega crossover, super special group ride with Iron Women. Oh, nice! Yeah. Yay! Yay! So Alyssa will be joining us, and and I th- and that means that if you listen to both efforts, both shows, you'll get them all in one. Yeah. Oh, because it's on the same feed, so we're not yeah. gonna have two of the same episodes. Yeah. It's a Peloton. Feed. It's better the than Peloton. a Peloton. Oh, Whoa. hey! Whoa. So this week the recovery ride. We're tapering. Yes. Yes. Next <laughs> week is the Peloton. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's do a quick ad break, and then we want to hear all about Cuba. Okay. Yes. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year. And I used to try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're gonna need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of Try Hard. I think it's like definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try Try Hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the Try Hard products with the code 20FEISTY, that's 20FEISTY, for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20FEISTY for 20% off at tryhard.co. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner in Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. I see you're wearing your Cuba shirt, Khadija. Yes. Yeah, I like the shirt this year. I really like it. Is that from the race or? Yeah, this was the the finisher shirt. Wait, is, it a, is it a polo? Yeah. World ah. Triathlon Cup. It's got the Cuban flag and then people swimming in Hemingway Marina. Why don't you tell us? Okay, so you went down there for, it was a World Triathlon Continental Cup. There was like a pro race, but then there was also age group races. Yes. So there was an age group Olympic, an age group sprint, 
um and of course the elite olympic and um it's every year uh most years they have a half as well um but the last two years since they're they're still trying to recover a little bit from the pandemic they're just doing sprints and olympics next year they plan to do a half again which i'm excited about because that's my favorite distance nice is this so is this the race in cuba that you always go yes. to okay because yes. i didn't know do they always also have a the pro race? race yes oh. <laughs> oh yeah it's been it's been a world cup race for i think since 2013 okay mm-hmm. cool okay here's my question can america so american citizens can travel to cuba these days or cannot they can. It's never changed. It's the only thing that's changed is that cruise ships can't go there. So you can go as a visitor for athletic event, a uh, cultural event. There was a, quite a few people there for, there was some kind of dance convention there. Um, you can go for religious reasons, family oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like my sister-in-law wanted to go 10 years ago or something. And that was what prompted them to get their Irish passports because she ended up going on an Irish passport because she like, for some reason, like couldn't on her US one. But I don't. I'm not saying she was right. I'm just saying this was her. Yeah, that's. But it's a. It's a big misconception. A lot of people think that because I told a lot of people, "Oh, I'm headed to Cuba," and they're like, "What? How are you going there?" Like I was breaking the law. Right, right. I go over here twice a year. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So we can all go to Cuba. Is what I'm. Yeah. So next year we should have a group ride down the Malecon. (laughs) Yeah. How was the, so I heard Gwen Jorgensen won the Conti Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, that girl is just like, how did she look? Points. Yeah. Is she, how, how well, was I, it? The, the um, sprint started after the Olympics. So I didn't get to see oh. the, the ride and the run. All I saw was the swim and her get out of the swim. Um, she was actually pretty far back on the swim. So I was kind of surprised. Um but um, this race, there's a lot of young athletes. So she probably just played it smart and rode on their wheel. And then she ran, I think, 32 minutes on the, the right, 10K. Right, right. And the closest next runner was like 36 minutes. So she probably oh, gave. Wow. Yeah. See, like, that's the thing, though, for like her. This is like we're going to tell you the not about like for her, like she can own it still at a Continental Cup. But then you get to like the, some of the higher up World Cups or like the WTCS. And she and those girls can run a 33. Yeah. And they can swim faster. So it's yes. just like you can't like you can't just like count on being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was surprised at how far back she was on the swim. But the Caribbean, especially the Caribbean athletes, they're swimmers. Right. right, right. They're swimmers. Interesting. But most of them are not strong cyclists, but they are definitely swimmers and runners. She's just trying to like get all those points, you know, get all those yeah. points so she can get on that start list for Abu Dhabi, not Abu Dhabi. Yokohama, that's Yokohama. the next call. Yeah, right now she's on the start list, and Katie's affairs isn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, something uh... to think about. So, and how was your race? Yes, <laughs> yes. How was your was, race? Oh, I had fun. I had fun. So, in my age group, there were only four people, <laughs> but I did. I did win. I did win my age group. I Woo! Was, um... You did not need to tell us how many people. No, you'd be <laughs> you like, would've... I won my age group. I, I mean, it could have been the people. 40 people. Yeah. And I was I was second place master. So that's everybody 40 and up, which no, is great. Okay. Yeah. And I was I think I was like, I don't know what I was overall, but it was it was nice. Is it because you have a coach this year? Hmm. Well, you know what? I did feel great. And the thing was, I wrote a fixie. So oh, really? there's 400 <laughs> feet of climbing from. Why? Uh, why? 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 Because I go so often. Um, I wanted to have a bike there for transportation, so I took a steel fixie. Interesting. Is and this I, the is this the Walmart fixie you had? Yeah, from your first race. Yep, Baker's Time. That's the that's that uh, that bike's name. And um, <laughs> but I did great. My client and I really because we did a lot of running around on our bikes, but I could really feel as the week went on, my pedal stroke was improving, my climbing was improving, and I I really enjoyed it. I think. I got a lot out of it from a training perspective as well. Cause I know I rode, I had to have gone probably over a hundred miles of cycling between on your fixie day. Yeah. Between <laughs> running errands, traveling back and forth to Havana from Kohimar. It was, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
All right. I had not uh, considered uh, fixie writing for training, but there you go. Yeah, All for right. climbing, especially, you know, mm -hmm. when you're doing those slow climbs, you got to get your pedal stroke nice and even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I got a lot out of it. So, and my run was was a lot stronger than I expected. The first mile, I was like, oh, crap, I feel good. Let me run a little bit faster. Oh, crap, nice. I still feel good. Yay! Nice. Uh, are you considering this for your bike training, Jocelyn? Well, uh, so I was in a, I did do a training camp in from Switzerland to France where my rear derailleur broke mm. back when I was training a lot. And then so we were able to rig it where it was a fixie in the back and I could either go in the big ring or the small ring in the front. You pick this your poison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had that I had that happen one time where I was like the far end of a four and a half hour loop. You know what I mean? Like where you're like out, out yeah. there and my battery dies and I go, oh shit. And I stop and I go to pull out my phone and my phone dies like in front of my face. And I'm like, <laughs> well, guess I'm riding home in one gear. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I've biked in the French Alps with nice. <laughs> just one nice. gear in the back. And I did feel like at the end of that week, I got a lot stronger. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how is, uh, obviously we have to get weekly FTP updates, I feel like. Okay. So I'm going to be retesting next Friday, but this week, so this week is, I still call it the tour of Sufferlandria. But, oh, it's from that when they had like, yes, that old yeah. So fest. for mm -hmm. people that are a little more old school, there's these videos that are called like the Sufferfest videos, which are over 10 years old. So back in the day before smart trainers, you could buy a download of this video for like $12.99 and then you would ride <laughs> your dumb trainer and it was all by perceived exertion, but it's like they have footage of like pro cycling races and they do like this like funny little plot with like a lot of really sarcastic humor but mm. it's like hard really hard intervals on the bike and now that it's like everything's streaming now right so wahoo ended up buying the sufferfest videos yeah. and well, it's they part bought the of whole their company training. they yes. bought yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. the sufferfest all the sufferfest workouts on on my um app but I don't, I don't know. I just can't get into Zwift. I use, I use, yeah. well, it is an old school, probably app. It's called Perf Pro Studio, hmm. but I like it because you pay one time mm -hmm. and that's it. No, you don't have, you have, it's not a subscription. I, I get so, it's hard to keep track of all of my subscriptions. I know, there's oh, I so, know. Many. There's so many. I accidentally had two Hulu subscriptions. Took me forever how to figure out, <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, everything's streaming now. I couldn't get into Zwift. I don't know if it was yeah. just like, but I always loved the Sufferfest videos because it was like, it was an interesting plot and I could like work hard. But then when I got the smart trainer, I finally converted to a smart trainer. Like it was really confusing <laughs> for me. And then it was like, oh, you go in erg mode. I don't, I don't like, I like, I didn't even know erg mode was a thing until like a few, I mean, I understood the concept, but yeah, I, like, yeah. I just don't, I mean, it just seems dumb. I don't know. I do like it. It forces you. It's like, you can't cheat. So, okay. so everything's based on your last FTP test. Mm. And I have learned that the downside to raising your FTP is like everything keeps getting harder. Yeah, that's sort of how that works. What's the whole saying? It never gets easier. You just get faster. You just get faster. Yeah. So yeah, it's not any easier. And I'm like, oh my God, but there's, so it's seven days, seven stages. Mm -hmm. Like the first and the last stage are about two hours. And then the stages in between are like an hour. So this is actually forcing me to bike way more than I have in like many years. And it's teaching me I can get up early enough to work out for an hour it's before possible. work. It is possible. It is so, possible. <laughs> so it's like a good kick in the pants to like get training again. But um, yeah, and like, you know how I said my goal FTP is like 250? Randomly, so you picked a number. Yeah, I yeah. just picked that. <laughs> And right now it's 210, but there's like some of these intervals where it's like 
20 seconds at 250. And I'm just like, oh my God, I want to <laughs> hold this for 20 minutes eventually. But right now I'm dying. You know, when you have to go like the first time you go to the track and it's like, do whatever, 800s at half marathon pace. And you're like, oh. yeah, I can't hold this. For <laughs> my half marathon pace is walking. Oh my God. <laughs> like, that's a shame. But okay, but is this the, okay, so you were saying, because it's used to be Sur- Suff- Sufferlandia or whatever, but you were saying yes. it's now the Wahooligans? Yeah, so there's a, because we like talking about controversies. Well, sure, but it's now owned, because it's now owned it's by Wahoo. owned by Wahoo. They renamed it the Wahooligan Tour uh. instead of being the tour of Sufferlandria. So Sufferlandria is the fictional country that all these videos are based out of, where the point is to learn to suffer. But now it's the Wahooligan tour. It's um, the whole thing is a fundraiser for the Davis Finney Foundation. Oh, okay. For Parkinson's disease. So it's a big fundraiser they do every year. But yeah, it got renamed the Wahooligan tour. And um, I didn't realize this, but like on all of the forums, there's a lot of international riders. And a lot of the Europeans are like really against the new name, the Wahooligan tour, because hooligan is... Wahooligans is a phrase that Wahoo's used for many yes. years. Yeah. Right. Right. But they don't like the word hooligans because it has like other meanings over there. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. My mom thinks hooligan is a derogatory term. My I mean, father it, it, doesn't even know what the word means. I mean, like it <laughs> is, but I think like in the US, it's like something like my mom would have, would say it when I was like, right? Like she definitely used it, but she, but it was, it was like, it feels like an old brain. Right? It's like, oh, you hooligans. Like it's like. Yeah. It, to me, it was like, if you have like the grumpy old neighbor who is like, like get off my lawn, you hooligans. Yeah, for sure. Right. But apparently in Europe, it's like, like neo-Nazis or skinheads are mm-hmm. hooligans. Mm-hmm. And I so, think it's like because I think like when you when I think about it in the UK, I think of it as like the hooligans at the soccer matches who like burn stuff and like cause riot. You know what I mean? Like the crazy they're troublemakers. They're troublemakers. Yeah. Right? And it's always yes. guys and it's always white guys. Well, according <laughs> to the Oxford Dictionary, it says a young violent troublemaker, typically <laughs> one of a gang. Oh <laughs> well. Yes. So oh, and look at the pictures. They look like neo Nazis. They do look like neo Nazis. I was like, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, don't judge them, you know? (laughs) We can judge neo Nazis. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, so, so I, I mean, I get that. I, but Wahoo's also, I think, I think a UK company. Are they? Now I'm like, I obviously they have offices like everywhere now and like they definitely have a U, but I like have talked to them enough times. I thought they were like a European. But now I'm like, I don't know. I don't it's know. Keep yeah, because some people are protesting. They're like, I'm not doing the tour until they like rename it because I don't want to be affiliated. Why did they change it from Sufferfest since all of y'all are into suffering? And I'm not, I don't want to suffer. Uh, right, I just want to have fun myself. But I think they changed it because when Wahoo bought, well, so Sufferfest first changed its name too. They went to like Suff. Like they like got rid oh, of like, that's- yeah. Like, yeah, because they because to your point, they didn't want to like they wanted to get rid of those connotations about suffering. But then Wahoo think, bought it. Suff, I think they've always been their nickname is like SUF as the country yeah. acronym. And I was like, there was this, I just like was still I just remember when this went down and they were like trying yeah. to rebrand and then because okay. they were trying to move away from suffering as a thing. Because so it's they like a little weird. Self-suff. That sounds right. like but then, hip-hop gone bad. Yeah. But then Wahoo <laughs> bought them. And then obviously Wahoo wanted to brand everything Wahoo. So it like reef, like, cause the stuff. It's the, called system without. Yeah, without the, a vowel. Cause Wahoo yeah, doesn't believe the, in vowels. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, such a dumb name. So it's like the platform is called Wahoo system, which is, it's such yeah. a dumb name. <laughs> I have a hard time with all the names of things. I'm always like, why are we not? Why is everything in all caps? Why are we not using vowels? Why did like it's just very confusing to keep track? Or like um I have like a live bike, which is a really nice bike, but it's like official names like the advanced 7.0 disc LR, right? And you're just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why did we make this name so confusing? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a server name at my job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my 
Ask so, him if it's the user acceptance or the production environment. <laughs> maybe I should just be in charge of naming things. Maybe that would be like my new job. We'll name. That is a job. That is a job. Yeah, yeah. that is a job. <laughs> but the tour of Suff, tour, Suff tour is going well, it sounds like. It is. Um, I do feel like I'm, I'm relearning my high capacity for suffering. And fun. Yes. yes. Type two fun. <laughs> I feel I didn't, good okay. afterwards. You guys, honestly, this is the true story. I didn't realize. I like people always said type two fun. And I don't think I knew. I think it was like two years ago before I finally learned out what type two meant. I would always mm-hmm. just nod and be like, oh, yeah, sure. Type two fun. What the fuck? I still and, don't know what it is. What is it? Yeah. So apparently it means like <laughs> it's like apparently like type one fun is like sitting on a beach and drinking margaritas. Mm hmm. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like what, what most people would think of as fun and type two fun is like things that are actually like kind of not fun in the moment, like races or like pushing yourself really hard or like extreme mm-hmm. hike. Right. But they're fun. Over, like that's why it's called type two fun. It's, it's not like type suffering. One and then you're like, look back and you're like, that was amazing. Right. But <laughs> so I like fun. literally yeah. didn't know what it was. until like I type did not one know. Fun yeah. sounds boring. Type one fun sounds fun sometimes. That's for sure. It sounds fun when you're in the middle of type two fun, like like your ultra. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so like I did, uh-huh. I did my fifty k oh, this past weekend, okay. and and okay. So first off, it start like I thought it was like a my local race because it starts like four hundred meters from my house, but it turned out to be like like it got written up and outside on the website. It had like a live right, like it was What's covered the in like name podcast. of the race, the big Alta. Oh. Is it sponsored by Alta? No, no. There's oh. two peaks. There's two peaks. <laughs> okay, one's called okay. Big Rock and one's called Loma Alta. So it's the Big Alta. Okay. Anyway. Um, so it like had like, it's like, it's not a local, it's like a local race where like uh, pros show up and you know what I mean? It was not local at all. It actually this was, was a like, first year event. Yeah. It's because like one of the, a big pro runner lives around the corner from me and okay. he was putting it on. So all of his, right. So he like knew everybody yeah. and so it blew up. So it blew up. Um, so like even at my best, like even when I was running my best, I was in like 20th place for the women. You know what I mean? Like it was not like this was not a like you were not going to win this. Anyway, I uh, imploded myself. And when you live four blocks, uh, well, actually, I literally lived on the course, but I didn't do the end of the course because I was like, my house is four blocks away. Like, fuck this. I'm going home. And so I was thinking so type two fun to your point. Um, I was like, nope, I'm done. And then I went home and I had a beer and I sat on my porch and I yelled at the rest of the runners. How far did you go before you did that? Well, okay. So I, um, in all, that was mile 27. The problem is you ran 27 miles and then decided to go drink a beer. Yeah. So the problem was <laughs> that, and I think, I think this might be one of those things where everybody else, because they didn't know all these trails, they had like, what's the word? Willful, like blissful ignorance. I yes. knew that the you last four them. miles were another thousand feet straight up and straight back down. And, uh, and I, so I, I fucked my ankle. I fell hard and the, I was like, I can't, I don't want to go back downhill that. Yeah. And I knew, so I knew for the last four miles was going to take like an hour. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I don't want to do this. Um, so yeah, I think the people who like had no idea what they were getting into, uh-huh. they might've been better off. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you knew a little too much. You knew where you could like dip out. And, right. They also um, didn't realize that we were like five blocks from the finish line because then you like turn and run away. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they didn't know how close we were. I knew. So I was like, no, I'm done. I'm out of here. Are you still happy with that decision? Oh, yeah. No, I was messed up. I, uh, I whatever I uh, was getting the thing where you get like the really bad headache because you didn't take in enough salt and then you mm-hmm. start to get cold and then you start to get nauseous yeah, and then you, you start to get dizzy and there's this really really steep descent and I decided I was stopping at the bottom like my house at the bottom of the descent before we went back up and I just kept falling on the descent right and at one point I was because it was really steep I fell and I was sitting there and I like couldn't because my legs were my brain wasn't working and my legs were and I sat there and I like took in the view and I was just like, I don't even, I was like, I literally like could not figure out how, I was like, maybe I'll crawl down this. Maybe Aww. I'll like scoot on my butt. You know, you're just like, I, you're doing like everything stops. Yeah. So, know. yeah. I don't know if I could do that. What? Once I get like a mile into a race, I'm totally <laughs> invested. Really? Yeah. I, I told, I've only DNF'd one race. 
I think my problem to your point, like if I'm fully invested, I'm fully invested. I like wiped out hard two miles in. And I mm-hmm. think that like at the, after that, I went like it like turned off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that it was like every step like hurt. I feel like this wasn't an A race for you either. It was more like a training day for your bigger one. Yeah, I also kind of stupidly kept doing, I did a bunch of things where I was like, well, I'll test this for my 100K. I'm sure it'll be fine for five and a half hours. And the, all those all those things I tested were not fine. So, hmm. like nutrition experience. So was this nutrition and shoes. related? And then I finished and I also, and um, I was wearing a pair of shorts, whatever. And I finished and there's blood like all down my legs. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, apparently I chafed myself so bad that there was like blood just, and it had mixed with all the mud because I had fallen so much. And so it was just like, did you wear booty shorts? Was that the problem? I did, but there was like worn before. And then I was like, oh, all my shorts are booty shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I, I looked a mess. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> so now I have to do another one though because I was like well clearly that did not like like if you were going to test a bunch of stuff for a longer race and yeah. then it went that badly you're like well clearly I did not nail it so I'm gonna have to try again <laughs> do you have time yeah. when's the 100k it's in like a month and a half but it's the bay area I was laughing I was like oh it's yeah, the bay- yeah it's the bay area there's a 50k every weekend yeah I can jump into yeah but you don't want to do a 50k that close I mean I mean, you say a month and a half, that's six weeks. Yeah, no, I'm going to do one three weeks before I like figured out which one. Are you serious? It's a training race. Yeah, and well, then it was like on, my, on my training plan, it already was like 28 miles that day. So it's like I might as well do Just do it. It's fine. Three weeks is plenty it. of time. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about grabbing, you know, stuff for yourself. It, you're supported. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how this goes. On the plus side, for my 100K, I will not be able to be like, I'm just going to walk home. That will not be an option. Where's your 100K going to be? Up in Auburn. It's like one of the big UTMB ones. I went to book my Airbnb last week, and apparently it's like all booked out because, you know, like a thousand people show up for this thing or whatever. I was like, To get their stones. Oops. Yeah. But then, get a van. then you can just park in the parking that's true. lot. Well, here's the best part. The only air my parents are coming. This is why I was like, oh, I'll just rent an Airbnb instead of like, you know, mm-hmm. camping. The only Airbnb that was like available was a glamping tent next to these glow in the dark that also had glow in the dark pickleball courts on what? the property. <laughs> Not the pickleball. Ooh. And so I sent it to my mom and I was like, here's where we're going to stay. <laughs> she she was she was like no yeah, my mom would have a fit oh dear jesus i can see i can see it now <laughs> yeah so motel six it is you know <laughs> all right we're gonna take an ad break and then when we get back we're gonna ha- we have a voicemail from sid who's over in new zealand right now so jocelyn i know you know we're getting older and aging and you've been using amino coast heel as part of your like post-workout recovery, right? Yeah. It seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate-flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo Heal Chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science-backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at aminoco.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's aminoco, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing and use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. 
Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed, and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a Feisty Try sponsor, mostly because of their commitment to education and making sure all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like women uh, often underfuel and they more typically complain about gel consistency. I know I do, uh, which is why I personally really love the light and easy to get down Precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. Precision Fuel and Hydration has also recently signed on as the official hydration partner for Ironman races in Europe, which means that the PF1000 electrolyte mix will be on course at all European races this summer for the bike and run. The 1000 mix delivers 1000 milligrams of sodium per liter or about 500 milligrams per 16 ounce water bottle, which is about the average sodium sweat concentration across thousands of sweat tests they've done on triathletes. And because it's a low calorie drink, it also lets you decouple your fueling and your hydration that can be helpful, you know, when there are so many different factors to keep track of in Ironman races. But the most important thing is testing it all for yourself, which is why you can use Precision's sweat testing spreadsheet to do your own testing and calculate your own sweat loss. And I know that can sound intimidating. I, I felt like that too, but it's really super manageable when you enter your numbers into their formula. And then you can book your own totally free consultation with their sports scientists, like no sales necessary. Um, you can find a wealth of information, all of this in their Precision Knowledge Hub, and you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and the specially formulated flow gel, which is made exactly for how people fuel in long course triathlon. It's like really handy. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP like Feisty Try Podcast and the number one five, or, you know, like functional threshold power, FTP15 at pfandh.com. All right, Sid, you couldn't join us for our regular ride because you have the pro meeting then because it's Ironman New Zealand week. I know it's come around quickly, hasn't it? I was all like, it was quite nice. I got up here last Friday and I was like, oh, it's ages away. And now suddenly it's, as always, it's suddenly fast forward and it's, yeah, two two sleeps out or whatever. Two sleeps. Yeah. Are we still saying that? Is that still a thing people are doing? Yeah, yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I caught up with Meredith Kessler yesterday we, and she said, oh, we're three sleeps away. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, we're still saying this. So how is it? So you went down for Wanaka. Did I say it right? It's Wanaka, right? Yes. Yeah, Wanaka. Was- Wanaka how is Wanaka how is New Zealand Wanaka was amazing it always is it's just so it's so stunning down there it's so beautiful um like I made the decision just with training and stuff I flew in pretty late for that race and obviously from the US which the last time I raced I was coming from New Zealand to New Zealand if that makes sense because I was living there um so that was like the time difference it's only four it's four hours just another a day ahead um but obviously you've just got like 30 hours of travel. So um, it was always going to be a bit of a gamble coming in late and then racing that and also, and particularly racing a half, but we were, it was stunning. Like we had great weather. Um, yeah. You can't like, you just can't find a, a bad place down there. Um, and so, yeah. And then also enjoyed stocking up on all my favorite coffees and cafes and it's just a good, great town. They have like, 
I love they have all these like little coffee caravans around the place where it's just like small business, but all great coffee. Have you seen that um, Taylor Swift quote, uh, jet lag is a choice? Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, because she's done a fair bit of travel around, I guess. I must say the, the, the New Zealanders are quite annoyed that she didn't come over to New Zealand on her tour and they've all had to travel to... Uh, to the, to Australia to to see to watch, but so um, then you flew yeah. to Iron Man New Zealand and seventy point three worlds this year this fall yes. this November is where Iron Man New Zealand is right yes correct oh, okay. in Topol yes so do you have tips for people like what should people know about yeah I'm actually going to do some filming with Iron Man after the race so I would suggest yeah if you haven't got your accommodation booked I would get it booked soon it's not a big place there's not going to be much accommodation around I think they're a little bit worried about that they're not obviously not going to say that officially um almost like you know one person suggested they should just like rent ha- camper vans and then stay stay in a campsite and then you can go off traveling afterwards in the camper van which is a very kiwi thing to do mm. um but i would definitely say yeah get your accommodation early um and you probably there are some sort of maybe I don't know Airbnbs and stuff just out outside around the lakefront but not maybe in Topor itself there are some hotels but I would imagine you know Ironman's probably going to have booked up a fair amount of those and they're going to go pretty quickly um I what else tips um sun cream the sun is very intense down here even <laughs> though it doesn't feel hot it's very intense because of the ozone layer um and just lower pressure in your tires because the road surface is oh, super rough so oh, yeah they it? haven't they haven't yeah it's just like really thick chip seal so you're just going you know a couple of miles an hour slower than you would experience in like german roads in in roads perhaps or um actually funnily enough in wanaka one of the little coffee caravans was run by a lady who lives just who comes from like hippelstein and nuremberg in roth yeah which was really funny um, because the Germans aren't normally that famous for their coffee, but she was very good. Anyway, so yeah, the road surface, but they haven't um, fully confirmed the course yet, and I'm hoping that's because they're going to take it. So the Ironman course and the seventy point three course this weekend, it's a pretty much straight out and back along what's called Broadlands Road. Um, I mean, it, it's great, but it's. I don't think it's super exciting or going to break things up enough for a world champs. Right. So I think a lot of us are hoping they're going to take the bike sort of up into the hills around a the, okay. around, but don't know yet. It's they not haven't been, announced it yet. Okay. Not been announced yet. So yeah. And yeah, so Ironman New Zealand this weekend, by the time this airs, it actually will like be underway because you guys are like a day ahead of us. Um, like some big names this year, this year, like, why (laughs) i know tell me about it tell me about it why why did they all choose to come this year this is not meant to be like no one ever comes to new zealand it's meant to be like the nice little choir race look it's it is great for the race it i it deserves the big names it is such a great place and it is such a great event so it's really great to see those names coming down um it is the 40th year anniversary it's Mm -hmm. the one of the longest running Ironman races outside of Kona, I think. I think it's the second one after Kona that's been the longest running. Um, so there's a lot of history here as well. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether, the you know, I think, so Chelsea Sadara is down here, which they're obviously loving as a, the 2022 world champion mm-hmm. that she's she's come and, but of course, she's been down here. Coach Dan Plews lives here. So she's been down here for a fair, fairly big block. Uh, I'm assuming she just, well, obviously she'll want to win. Sure. But she'll be looking to validate for Nice World Champs at the end of the year. And then I would imagine focus on the T100 because she's contracted to do that. So I think it's an early season race. Yeah. Because there are like three spots. Three, yeah, like three slots, spots. Yeah. Early season. Um Although, you know, I've heard rumours as well. So Jocelyn McCauley is here, but it's a favourite race of hers, um, but she won't take a slot. Um, oh, I've heard Saturday, a Saturday, ru- Sunday. Yeah, yeah. On a Sunday. I've heard a rumour, but I will be interested to see if this pays out, that Els Visser won't take a slot. Hmm. Um, if she gets one, she's defending champion though, so that makes sense why she's back. 
Um, Meredith Kessler, obviously five times champion here, always comes back. It's the first time I've been back, but lots of sort of history here as well. And then you've got, you know, Hannah Berry isn't racing, which was a surprise, but I think she's focusing on the Ironman series and this isn't in, but, you know, Beck Clark. And then you've got a couple of other names in there. Sure. And quite a few up and coming Aussies, but then um, Barbara Rivera, Samila Watkinson. So yeah, there's a it's attracted a few, a few, names. A few more names, which I'm assuming yeah, early season race. Early those season. people that have been based down here in the southern hemisphere over our winter, so to speak, their summer. It's a good race to to then to then race because you've trained. Yeah, so then they get it knocked out of the way. They can focus on whatever other stuff. And if you've been training down there, you're fit. Yeah. You haven't had to deal with all the yep. snow. Most importantly, since you're back after however long, did you get all your stuff back that you left? <laughs> so not in your house. Yeah. So so that's the next stage okay. of the trip. So I'm doing that after the races. So um, on Tuesday, I go back to Christchurch, and that's where all of my stuff is to sort out. However, having said that, when I was in Wanaka, because I left my car with a friend there and ended up eventually selling it to her because I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, she happily gave me a bag of stuff from the car, which I had not expected uh, in Wanaka. So I had to do it, which is quite, I was like, oh, wasn't expecting this. And a few things I'd forgotten. Most of This it is like all stuff you left there like so, four years ago when yeah, shit went down. When I, yeah. yeah, when I thought I was, yeah, I left, actually left from the race in Wanaka thinking I was just coming to the States for a five-week training camp. Right. So I'd like left my car with a friend and was like, yep, I'll be back in five weeks and et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, the world the world shut down. So right. this is first time back again. Crazy. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you'll be back on our regular ride after, after, uh, yes. and because uh, and, we need you to interpret British things for us. So when you come back, we have a lot of British questions. Oh, okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, so you guys, so I remember this, like four years ago, when the pandemic hit, Sid was just coming over to Boulder for like a training camp. She had been living in New Zealand, and mm -hmm. she just like left all her stuff there because like she'll be back in five weeks. And then she was not back no. <laughs> in five weeks. No, she hasn't been back. No, she gave her, she eventually just like gave her car away, she said. But I feel like, did this happen to anybody else? It had to have, right? I mean, it had to happen to a lot of people. People that are like traveling and like living yeah. in different places. Um, yeah. I had a baby moon scheduled. Mm -hmm. So my baby was due December. And in early July, we were going to go to my friend's wedding in Copenhagen, mm -hmm. Denmark. That was also going to be our baby moon. And then as stuff started shutting down, it was like, ah, it'll be fine. Like the trip's not till July. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then every month that went by, it was like, uh, can we cancel our flight yet? Are they giving us our money back yet? Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. we got a voucher that mm. we had to spend. And we, we finally ended up going on our trip. Like after my daughter was like a year and a half old. Oh, really? You actually oh, wow. went? Yeah, okay. we still, because we couldn't get a refund. Oh, yeah, they were giving out vouchers like crazy. They were not giving up any dollars. Yeah, they would not give us our money back. They gave us a voucher. You guys, I didn't get, okay, I was supposed to move to Boulder in March 2022, which, like, kind of obviously didn't happen at that time. So, mm -hmm. like, two weeks before that, mid-February, I was headed, I'd been, I was flying out to Boulder, like, every week at the time for, like, different work things. And so I was supposed to fly out there. I was supposed to meet Sarah, who's not here today, if you remember this. And we were like, she was also going to be in Boulder for some triathlon. Stuff, and we were like, whatever. We were supposed to do like our first podcast episode, actually. And literally on my way to the flight, and Steve was supposed to come with me because we were going to like look at how like places to live. On my like, then, then it was one of these things where it was like, like, okay, the ski resort's still open, but they canceled all the buses, right? And you were like, what does that mean? Does that mean we hmm. should go? Because we were going to go skiing, right? So it was like you could trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like you were trying to figure out as each thing got canceled. And then it was like, okay, there's still flights, but like they're canceling. Like it was just really confusing. And so on my way to the airport, Sarah messaged me. It was like, Kelly, I, I just, I can't do it. I'm not going. And I was like, 
And I got to the airport. I was like on, like standing in front of my gate. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I can't, because it's Southwest. I like canceled and got a refund right there. Oh, okay, Southwest. the Airbnb never gave me my money back though. Because they were like, COVID, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So this was like right at the start of the pandemic. This was like the day, like three days after the NBA canceled games. You know what I mean? Like as shit was going down. Yes. And who got COVID? Tom Hanks. Yeah, it was before Tom Hanks got COVID and after the NBA canceled. And so like things were like (laughs) every like you would like you would like leave your house and like things would change between like your house and the store. Right. You'd be like, what is Uh happening? Yeah. 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 I think everything in Atlanta shut down probably two days before I was supposed to leave for Jamaica. And the, the race I was going to in Jamaica, they said, oh, we're not having the race because in the entire country there was like five cases of covid and i just busted out laughing and then, and then like guess oh. what the joke was on me joke yeah. was on you like, i was oh, like man. are you serious like what no. yeah because that was the, atlanta hosted the olympic trials for yeah. the marathon some people definitely got sick yeah it was four years ago because tomorrow is leap day mm. and trials were on leap day. And I remember this because I had paid off my student loans and I threw myself a no more student loans party Okay, yeah. leap day. And then shit went down like two weeks after that because it was mid-March when shit went down. Yes. I remember it because it was the day. So the Dipsy applications come out March 15th every year and you have to mail them. And I was literally like they canceled the Dipsy. They like on the day I was like going to mail my application on like March 15th. And they and never we like, cancel. And they never cancel. Yeah. And yeah. then I was supposed to get on a flight the next day on the 16th. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, see, it's crazy, crazy. But at least we all have our stuff and we didn't get our car abandoned in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 There were actually a lot because triathletes are always on like training camps this time of year. There were a lot of people like I was on training camp this week during the Olympic trial. There's, there were a lot of people that were on training camps and got like stuck places for sure. I can, yeah, yeah I can yeah. see that. Yeah. There were so. some people that chose to stay where they were because I guess the countries that they were from, yeah. if they, they made a conscious decision, they knew if, if they left, they couldn't go back. So they decided mm-hmm. to stay where they were. And all the quarantine restrictions, like if you did come back, you would have to like hole up somewhere. Yeah, that we never really did that a ton. Obviously, the cruise ships did, but the U.S. not as much. Not as much. Not, not when you like talk to people from China. <laughs> yeah, and they like really quarantined, and we were like, we were like, I recommend that you don't do that. So, but Ironman New Zealand's this weekend. Um, pretty big race. I mean, it's like obviously it's a big race, but it has some big names this year. So that'll, that'll be. We're rooting for Sid, though. Yeah, I think she. Uh, so. There are three spots. I think she wants like a top three. And then next weekend is the PTO Miami mm-hmm. and the WTCS Abu Dhabi. I know. And then we're like really into it. It's like all happening. So here's my question for you. PTO Miami. It sounds like there are going to be eight wild cards for the women. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know Haley has one. Obviously, Haley's going to kill it. So who who else would you want to have a wild card? Who would you pick if you could pick? Well, there's Sarah True, of course. I think but, she didn't want to do it because but she's not here. She could tell us. She but effed up her back. She effed up her back, like she explained last week. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and then you're not getting any of the short course people because they're doing Abu Dhabi. They're course. all doing their Olympic yeah. stuff. Um. And it's interesting because you already have so many of the top women signed. It's like, I don't know who else. Who else you get at some point, you know? Yeah, I guess this is where it's like the little crack in the door where like the development athletes get a chance. You get like you you like get some like 19 year old, let them try. Give them a shot. Show up and show out. Yeah. Yeah. Never know what's going to happen. I hope they do that. I hope they give some like random smaller name mm-hmm. a shot. That'd be fun. Yeah, because there's no obvious developmental pipeline right now for the PTO races, though. Hopefully that is more integrated in the future. But it seems like this is this is where the opportunities are. 
yeah. it's when there's it's on the same weekend as other big races then you like it also makes me wonder if everybody's using their what like all the people who are contracted like mm-hmm. if there's eight people who are contracted who aren't doing this first race then that means they're all going to do all the later season races because you have to do a certain number right it's you right. can miss two you can miss two yeah unless you are in the olympics first, yeah exactly so so then they must they're all going to do the later ones which is weird We'll see. Ooh, do you want to hear the controversy, though? I know Jocelyn wants to hear. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here's the controversy. <laughs> so because the PTO is officially partnered with World Triathlon, mm-hmm. it's like an official World Triathlon long course championship, even though we don't know what the hell that means, but whatever. Yes. So World Triathlon, if you want to get on a start list, like for that Cuba race or whatever, or any World Triathlon race, you have to go through your National Federation. And there's a whole process where like you submit your name to National Federation, the National Federation runs a wait list the national federation then submits like a wait li- a list of names to to world triathlon usually so mm-hmm. so they want to do that process for wild cards for the pto races that's gonna take forever well besides that obviously they do it regularly for like world cups and stuff okay but the problem is like a lot of like short course athletes might be used to that and they like work with their Long course athletes don't do that, right? Like, I don't think Haley Churras, like, talked to the National Federation. I mean, I know she has talked to them, but she doesn't tell them what her race plans are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then some, and then in some cases, like, USAT is, like, relatively chill. But some National Federations are very gatekeeper-y. And are like, no, we aren't going to put you, we aren't going to submit you for that race. No, no, you're not ready. You should do this other race. Like they won't let you do certain things. Yeah. Or you do something that pissed them off and you're blacklisted. Right. And so like a lot of, some athletes left short course specifically so they wouldn't have the Federation telling them what to do anymore. So now they're like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Like. Thanks, PTO. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to get away from my federation and (laughs) they're not happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird because Ironman, you don't represent your country. Anybody can just show up and do whatever. Right. It's because of that whole like it's official world wanted it to be an official world championship but you're you're right Khadija though it's like PTO you're not really representing your country I mean they sort of tried that with the Collins Cup sort of yeah yeah it's weird it felt kind of like wonky not really like yeah I don't know so I think it's sort of shitty for the athletes you know what I mean who like are like wait what the the hell like I have to like tell try Canada that I want to race this then try Canada or like Oh, gee, Sarah was telling me back in the day when she, cause she used to live in Scotland and then she, whatever. Right. And she basically wanted to get a candle license and she'd already like won an Ironman at that point. And they were like, well, you need to take a drafting clinic before we huh. give you a professional license. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a problem. Cause there's a lot of people, athletes who like live in the diaspora for various reasons. And like, I mean, I'm just looking at people that I know from Cuba a lot of Cubans, they're still Cuban citizens. They live in America. There is no way Cuba is going to. No. They'll do it just for spite. Yeah. For you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah. And there's yeah. like federations that are like bigger than that, but also quite um, vengeful. <laughs> so- <laughs> right. And then what about, okay, what about all the short vengeful? course athletes? That were very vocal about being unhappy with their federation. And I that's know, why they left the short it's course. Like, and now they got to go crawling back, come crawling yeah. back and be like, all those things I said about you in all those interviews. Yeah, I think that's I didn't, bad, I think I didn't mean idea. that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there. this is like one of those behind the scenes drama things that's playing out. Um, I heard it last week and now I'm hearing it from other, like other people hearing it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely like the athletes are not thrilled. Why don't they just have a, a pro card process like they do for Iron I, Man? I mean, they have like, obviously they, the PTO doesn't, what's the word? License people. They just say, if you're a pro license with your, wherever, your own wherever you're from, yeah, yeah. you could race. Yeah. So like they, they, and they have their own ranking system. So right now they just go through their ranking system to pick wild cards. So they could yeah. keep just doing that. They could keep just rolling down the spots on the rankings, pick wild cards. I don't mm-hmm. know. It is. It does seem silly because they aren't representing their country when they race the PTO races. So it's very confusing. Apparently, they're having a little bit of a hard time filling this one next week too. Just be with just because 
of the last minuteness, I think. It could be any of us. It could be anyone. <laughs> Do you want to race? <laughs> I will jump in and be the caboose. No problem. I'm just like driving distance. She can go in her van. I could go in my van park. They right need in more the- diversity and representation on that start line. I will uh, bring up the caboose. No problem. Do They'll you know waiting, how? Waiting for me to come in. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've been put in a field just so that people had someone to beat? It's happened to be like a lot. And I'm like, awesome. Great. That's fun. <laughs> Someone's got to be the last one. Yeah. What's the thing like uh, OG Sarah used to always say? Old Sarah. Uh, Daniela needs someone to beat. Okay. <laughs> like, she can't just, if, if Daniela's just out there by herself, it's not that exciting. You know? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. So, uh, the other controversy, or controversy, the other controversy Jocelyn was excited about was uh, men get to do synchronized swimming in the Olympics this year. Very exciting. We're 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 pro uh, equality, equality ish. <laughs> um, and it's not even we're out there demanding anymore. This. I just want to know what guy wakes up in the morning and no. demands to be. There's a synchronized one guy. Swimmer. There's one guy. And first off, it is called artistic swimming now because there's okay. people who do it solo. So they don't oh, synchronize okay. with anything. They just dance in the water. But there's one guy who like, I mean, so they do have world championships and stuff mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. men. And so he's been doing it for like 20 years and he's never got to be in the Olympics. And he's oh. like considered like the best and all this. So now he finally gets to be in the Olympics. So there you go. It's just so fascinating yeah. to me. So I him. saw it um, because I think on Facebook, I follow like, Team USA, which is like covers all the sports. And they recently had a post like, congratulations to like the US artistic swim team who's qualified. They've qualified officially for the Olympics. And there was a picture of the whole team and in the center was a dude. And I was like, what? Like what's going on? There's guys. There are. I mean, there's a handful of sports where like the women obviously take more center stage. Yeah, ice men. skating and ice skating, gymnastics. Gymnastics, yeah. Yeah. Um but good for them. Good for him. And there's um yeah. so I was then of course went down the rabbit hole and was like, oh, so it's now called artistic swimming. The teams can have up to two men. Mm. No more than two men. Oh, so now the, oh, okay. It's like, it's it can a be a co-ed team, but only up to two men. Okay. And, and there's like some worry that that's taking spots away from the women. Sure. Oh, dear God. But yeah, then they came out with like, there's not enough men to do a whole team. So that's why they came out with the solo events. Right. Which I'm like, okay, did they, is that why they changed the name from no, synchronized maybe. to artistic? They changed it, they changed it a couple of years ago. I remember watching it, maybe the last Olympics or the one before, and it was called artistic. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to change the routine, though, because now with guys, you have the power to like throw people completely right. out the water and stuff like that. I was like, that. they could do a whole, a whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it might be they- pretty nice. Um, I heard one of the guys like has been in Cirque du Soleil for forever mm-hmm. doing like I can see that water stuff. Oh. So a lot it's... of these like now Olympic... I want to watch it. Now you want to watch it. A lot of these like <laughs> Olympic level like gymnasts and acrobats and trampoline and stuff like that. They end up in Cirque du Soleil because like that's how you become. That's how you go pro. That's how you make the money. Right. But like going pro as like a tumbler is basically going to Cirque du Soleil. Do they still have ice capades? I remember that as they a kid. Do. Yeah, they we do. used to always yeah. go see ice capades. They have. I was just at Disney on Ice over okay. Christmas. Took my daughter there. She loved it. Have- and was it excellent? Oh, so uh, my friend Catherine Bertine, she was yeah. like, she's former pro cyclist, like activist, um, former figure skater. She was like, a pro figure skater for a while but she i texted her while i was there to be like i'm watching disney on ice thought of you and she asked if the skaters um were still super stick skinny because she's also like she's also a prolific author and wrote about like eating disorders and figure skating and that kind of thing and i was like actually they were like 
really strong and they also incorporate aerial acrobatics mm. with oh, the figure with skating on? Mm. yes that sounds like death <laughs> you know what um so like uh, yes like figure skating i mean obviously there's certain sports that have like bigger disordered eating issues than other sports just kind of because of the nature of the sport and mm-hmm. some of them are changing anyway did you know lat so climbing speed climbing which is in the olympics now as of like mm-hmm. last olympics has huge eating disorder issues because like being late is like you go faster up the wall. It's a, it's a factor, right? Um, yeah. And then you also yeah. have like image issues and whatever. There's other, and like historically, like been more men than women. Anyway, so climbing is the first sport and they did this last week to enact like proactive. And I'm not sure if this is good or not. I have mixed feelings, but proactive policies where athletes have to take questionnaires before they compete. Um, Like the, the official, like you, there are these like official IOC reds type questionnaires that like flag certain and, and there's like body marker measures. Like it's not just BMI. It's like also like heart rate and blood pressure. And, Interesting. And so anyway, so then if there are flags, then that puts you into additional testing. And mm-hmm. then you either get like a green, yellow or orange, right? So like, so it's basically they're, they're, te- they're like making people go through physicals essentially before they'll license them to compete to like ensure that they don't have the, the signs of like low an energy eating disorder, not an eating disorder, but of reds, right? Like I can't tell okay. whether or not you have an eating disorder. I can tell sure. if you have signs of like, you're going to cause physical harm to yourself. Right. Okay. Like, okay. You know? Interesting. I was going to say some of the things that they say that a person has, if they have an eating disorder, like, you know, extremely low heart rate and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I have that. I have very sure. low resting heart rate. I'm clearly not a person who has an eating disorder. So oh my God. Well, I would assume like a lot of the climbing, I would assume this is like adjusted for like elite level athletes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, it'll be interesting. We'll see how, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but like basically it's such a problem in that sport that the athletes like wrote a petition a little bit ago saying like, you have to address this. Oh, that's okay. So it was driven by the athletes. I, like I, mean, I don't, that. I'm sure some of them are, I'm sure there are like mixed feelings about the outcome, right? I'm sure it's like, okay, you know, but they, they wrote a petition and now they're like trying this. So we'll see. I mean, it, I hope it works in curbing problems, but I feel like people that have problems also can lie very easily on the questionnaires. My concern is massively that it'll just become like a way to hide it or like shame someone for not being able to pass the questionnaire. You know, uh, yeah. like there's the whole, like, if you, um, what's the, like, doping only catches stupid people or anti-doping test. <laughs> right. It's yes. like that. Yes. So it's like, okay. Or this is like a super dark joke, but like, it, I was watching Veep, the political show. Mm-hmm. It's super dark. And there's this line where she says, if you can't steal South Carolina, you don't deserve to be president. It's kind of like that. Oh. <laughs> like- <laughs> All righty then. You know what I'm saying though? Like, I feel like this is going to end up rewarding the people who like lie best potentially. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even consider that. First thing that came to mind was like gymnastics, dancing, maybe distance running, but never. Speed climbing. Yeah. Like speed climbing. Yeah. yeah. Speed (laughs) climbing. I know right. a couple of people that do that too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm not the, Muslim I'm... girls. It's cut kind of in the Muslim community, mm. fencing, rock climbing, anything sports where you can, right. you know, dress co- covered. You can stay covered. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I see that. Yeah. All right. Here's my, since Sarah's not with us, my random question for you for, before we sign off. So what is the random sport? That's not like one of our core three that you think you would be really good at then. Of all the, oh, rowing. Right rowing rowing okay. yeah so i was like since we were talking about like climbing and see i was like i always feel like i'd be good at fencing but i think i'm actually terrible at it i don't i can't do anything that requires like a lot of hand eye coordination <laughs> like no ball sports mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i'd be a good power lifter i'm strong okay. as an ox nice okay. yeah definitely yeah yeah awesome i i had a stint at rowing while i was in grad school and yeah for like two months I was like oh there's national team testing got on the erg and because I had years of like triathlon and I'm pretty tall I was like naturally pretty good at it and a high capacity for suffering 
they tried to convince me to be the coxswain at Cal because like Cal rowing is obviously like a thing. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to fucking get up just to sit in a boat yeah. at 5 a.m. Yeah. Like, no stroke. Yeah. Stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Because they were like, oh, you're pretty strong and small and you seem like loud. And I was like, I think actually (laughs) pretty good at it. So they say coxswains have like God complex because you're like in control of the boat with like all these bigger people in it. (laughs) There you go. I thought I was going to be really good at rugby. I went out for rugby and I. My daughter loves that flag football, though. Really? Yes. I'm glad it's getting bigger she's totally into it so there you go all right well next week we'll have a mega episode instead of a mini ride uh thank you everybody for listening and joining us on our group ride and send us a voicemail telling us you know what your sport would be uh at the we'll put the link in the show notes and we'll see you all next week None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We reaching the top We reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top